Hey, it's me, Sam. This is my podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm going to be getting a call from my son any minute now to let me know he's home from school. So I thought now would be a perfect time to start recording. You know, I'm all about those interruptions while I'm in the middle of whatever recording. I just finished working today, and I uh, I haven't had a day like this in a long time just because of circumstances and not having enough work or not being able to schedule, but everything really worked out all day. I saw a lot of patients, and I feel really productive, so yay. You know how, like... You go in, I go into a lot of my days feeling motivated to be productive and feeling like I want to accomplish things, but then because of life, I don't always really, I don't always accomplish much. And today was thankfully a day that I was able to really do a lot of work. And so I'm thankful for that without, I won't say without interruptions because I definitely did get a call for my daughter's school this morning. Um, you know how it goes with kids. They cannot share anything except for germs. We spent most of Sunday afternoon in the urgent care. Um, my, the baby was congested and Kind of just not himself for the past week and a half or so. And then my two-year-old woke up Sunday morning with a fever. And so I said, uh, the lady kind of looked at me like I was crazy, the nurse at the urgent care. But she was like, why are you here? And I said, well, he's not acting like himself and he's been snotty and she's got a fever. And you know what? I need to work next week. So if there is something that can be treated going on, I need to know about it and get it treated <laughs> as quickly as possible to hopefully uh, miss as least amount of days as possible. And she was like, okay, I get it. Let's go. But yeah, it turns out baby did have an ear infection and two-year-old Miss Mia did have strep throat. So as I predicted, uh, so as you know, strep throat is very contagious, and of course, my seven-year-old, I believe, also has strep throat now. I ended up having to work. This is why I was feeling uh, extra motivated, I think, to be productive today, because I was home with the babies on Monday, because, you know, the two-year-old is contagious for 24 hours, and then yesterday... Um, she had a speech therapy evaluation in the morning, and then um, as soon as I dropped her to the sitter and got ready to start working, I got a call from my daughter's school that her stomach was hurting. So she um, had to be picked up from school yesterday, plus her heart. She tried to go today, but then ended up actually running a fever, and so thankfully... My mom um, was off work, is off work this week, and agreed to pick her up. Even took her to the doctor and got her antibiotic. So thankful. Big time thankful. I could have done it. Like, if I needed, if I would have had to, I would have had to. But it just would have meant probably having to work over the weekend, which is not something anybody wants to do. So, um, yeah, so today I was feeling extra motivated to try to be productive because I have not worked at all the past two days and I was feeling a little bit of pressure to um, to try to actually accomplish something today, which I did. So I'm I'm really I'm really thankful thankful for that. I don't know what I was talking about. I found a speedway. So you know I had to use the bathroom because uh that's the way it goes. You drink a bunch of water. That's what you spend your day doing is running to the bathroom. More than you wanted to know. You're welcome. That's how, kind of the theme of this podcast. <laughs> More information than you wanted to know and also some complaining. I'm going to try not to complain today. Um, even though I'm, I'm not totally against complaining, I think it's probably kind of healthy in some situations. But I'm going to try not to make that... The theme of this podcast. So um, here's what's been going on in my world, just because I know you care. I'm driving my dad's car today. I guess it's an SUV. I don't know what it is, but um, my car 
had to have the brakes repaired a couple weeks ago. I talked about that. And then turned around and had to have some kind of timing belt, thermostat, coolant, and a free, I don't even know, some major repair, internal engine, <laughs> something repair done. Had to have that done. So, uh, my dad is being very, very gracious and, and dropping it off. Garage sale. Garage sale today? What? Man, I want to stop at that, but I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, taking my car to get it fixed, hopefully. And so I'm driving his car. And then, um, so yeah, I've got three out of four kids sick. My daughter is on antibiotics. She'll have to miss school again tomorrow. Hopefully my mom is going to be um, helpful again in keeping her so I can work again tomorrow. I don't know. This is one thing. I know what I was going to say. If you're a single parent, this is, one, this is one of my top five points of advice. If you don't live close to your family, quit your job, quit whatever you're doing, and move. You have to have support. You have to live close to some some family member if that's not an option you have to go to a church to a synagogue to a, to a something where there are other people and you have to essentially peruse and find people who are responsible find people who will love your children like you do and and solicit them <laughs> to be active members of your children's lives encourage it embrace it so that when these types of situations happen and you're in the middle of your work day and you really need to work that you will have people in your world who can who are available to help out your child and to also help you out if I didn't have um, I mean I would never work like I would literally spend the majority of the fall and winter season just not working which would essentially mean losing my job um, because my one or, or all of my kids stay sick I don't know what to do we use all the oils essential oils they take vitamins they take supplements we eat we try to eat fairly healthy it's just the germ situation is real and uh, I don't really know, I don't really know what to do to try to cut back on the amount of times that my kids are sick throughout these seasons. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if I didn't have the support that I have, if I didn't have people that were available during the day. And I normally, I mean, this is a fluke. Like, my parents are off work this week. They took the week off work to do like home repairs and cleaning and stuff and so it, normally this would not be the case like I would have to probably drop everything and go pick her up in the middle of the day that's what I did yesterday I had to stop and go pick her up um, but today thankfully my mom was available so yeah if you're single and you have kids and you don't live close to anybody you gotta move or you gotta you gotta find people you gotta find some people who can help you because these types of scenarios are guaranteed to happen and if you want to keep your job, I mean, at least for me, if I wanted to keep, if I want to keep my job, I've got to, I can't always, I can't always be the one, you know, there has to be some other people. Like when my two-year-old was about six months old, she was sick for, I mean, a solid week. Um, and thankfully my sitter was really willing to step up to the plate and, um, do like go above and beyond basically not step up to the plate but she went above and beyond and and kept my two-year-old even though she had breathing treatments like if she would have been in a daycare there would have been no way that they would have taken her um but so that I could work a little bit that that week last week in the fall there was six weeks solid that there wasn't a single week that I didn't have to take off one or two or three days out of the week to be home with a sick kid and so having support and having family and having people in your world that can help you out when those things do happen they will happen um, is really really critical so yeah move or bully people to help you that's what I do I didn't have to move thankfully my parents live about 10 minutes away from me and uh, so they're available to help occasionally
Um, what else is going on? I have, oh, my furnace is fixed. Oh my gosh. This is, this is a, just a picture for you of what I've already talked about numerous times about how, you know, you hear the saying, when it rains, it pours. Look, in my world, it's always raining. There's always like a steady drizzle, you know, <laughs> like, like this background noise of rain hitting the tin roof. That's always going on. Like there's always some minimal la- level of chaos going on. But it, but so my saying is it always rains and sometimes it pours, but it doesn't just pour. It's like a natural disaster, like a tsunami or a hurricane. I don't know. Just a, just a avalanche of just chaos that always comes when it, when it starts on. So my furnace is finally fixed. I think. Uh, the guy, thankfully, thank goodness, the guy who ended up coming out and uh, giving me a second opinion was able to identify some additional issues in true fashion. As soon as I start recording, I'm getting just a flood of phone calls and text messages. I'm actually um, recording on, I'm not sure, hopefully this turns out okay, but I'm actually recording on my other job phone so that I don't have, well, the plan was so that I wouldn't have constant interruptions, um, but that's, I'm, I'm still getting interrupt, interrupted, but anyway, what I was saying uh, with the furnace was that, yeah, it of course ended up being an ordeal. I think the guy total spent 11 to 15 hours, you know, either at my house, like he was at my house all day Saturday. <laughs> I left, he was still there. He was at my house most of the day Monday, most of Monday afternoon. Um, he had been at my house one other time last week to look at it and then hadn't fixed it. So, yeah, it was it was an ordeal, but it's done and, and it's fixed. And thankfully, um, I have heat. Of course, now it's like 60 degrees and a lot warmer this week, but that's okay. It's going to get colder, and I'm thankful to have it fixed. But, yeah, I mean, it just... It just I'm realizing that, you know, there's a reason why all anytime anybody who knows anything about finances encourages you to have an emergency fund because emergencies happen (laughs) and it's like big time emergencies, like a vehicle that you have to have heat that you obviously have to have. And so not having, um, adequate savings is, would have really put me in a, in a bad position. I do have, I mean, I've had to have, get some help with like basically financing and, and, and paying things because it's, it's just has added up over the past month to be a lot of money. Um, but I'm fortunate to have a little bit of help and I'm paying things as I'm able to pay them. So, but it's, a, it's crazy. I mean, being a homeowner is, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to take on. It's a lot to just, there's always, especially being a homeowner of a, a house that's over 100 years old, there's always something that needs repair. There's always something that needs done. There's always some improvement that could be done. And, uh, yeah, there's just, it's just kind of a money pit, to be honest. But the way I see it is that, you know, I'm going to be there for at least 18 years. You know, I don't know if I'll end up fostering any more babies or have any more kids come through, but, um, I'm just doing what I can do when I can do it to try to improve the resale value of the house down the road, because I know eventually I'll be selling and then, you know, then I'll be moving to Florida and I'll be in a condo in a gated community and do not bother me. (laughs) I've told my kids, like, don't expect me to live down the road. Don't expect me to live in your neighborhood. I'm not staying in this in Ohio. When I'm when I don't have to, when I'm not working anymore, I'm out. Peace out. I'm out of here. Cause I I need warm weather and it's it's no, I'm not staying around. You can send me your kids. Send me your kids. I'll even buy their plane tickets. You can send me my grandkids for like a week, not the whole summer. I'm not that crazy. You can send me your kids for like a couple of weeks in the summer. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be my grandma babysitter. Nope. I'm going to be in Florida and, uh, or Arizona or somewhere else hot 
and living my best life. Hopefully. I don't know. I'm already kind of tired thinking about it. (laughs) I was thinking last night, like I haven't, I've been doing okay, but I haven't been doing great because with, with sick kids, if you're a parent, you know how it goes. Your kids are sick. They're not sleeping. They're grouchy. You're grouchy. You just, you just eat whatever you can get your hands on in a panic. I've just been in a panic, you know, like all, all weekend, past couple of days. Just a high anxiety, eating whatever I can get in my face. So I haven't been making great choices um, and, and feeling kind of crappy because of it. But I got to thinking last night, like, my dad was talking about retirement and how he's kind of transferred some of his retirement funds and things like that. And I was thinking, my goodness, I have potentially 30 more years that I'm going to have to work to support myself before I can access any type of social security or retirement benefits. I got to stick with it. I got to stick with it and take care of this body because I don't want to be like in my fifties and so tired that I can hardly function and I'm still having to work for another 15 years. That would suck. So yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still, I'm still plugging away. I think that the thing for me that I still believe and that kind of rings true whenever I do start to maybe, um, not be as diligent is that I really, for me, like I really know that it's sin and that it's just a, just a bad, it's just bad choices in my life. And that, you know, I turn to food when I'm emotional, I turn to food when I'm stressed out. And so obviously that's not right. That's not a great, great practice to have. So anyway, um, my last few episodes have been, at least for me, have felt a little bit intense. And so what I thought I'd do today, I pulled up this website. That's a random question generator. What does it say? Random conversation generator. And I thought I would go through that. You literally just push a button and it comes up with a new question. So I have no idea. I'm not choosing the questions. Um, I have no idea what the questions are going to be. I'll put the website in the description so that if you wanted to like play this game um, at a party or something, you could uh, you could access this. It'd be fun, I think. If you Or if like if you read it on a date or you wanted to get to know someone, um, you could use this website to just, without any planning, you know, generate some questions. So here goes. Um, the first one that came up, I like it already. It says, is it better to have high expectations or low expectations? I got an answer for that right off the bat. I don't know if it's correct or not, and I don't know if it's just me being jaded, but here's what I think. I absolutely think that when you're talking about expectations for other people, that you are 100% better off to keep your expectations as low as possible. Here's what I actually think. Take your expectations as low as you can, and then once you get them to the lowest point, just go ahead and bump them down one more notch, because... What I have found is that by having high expectations for people, the disappointment and angst and anxiety and anger and frustration that I have experienced has been so blinding that I've not been able to even acknowledge that maybe they didn't meet my expectation, but they did a pretty good job. And I haven't even, I haven't been able to acknowledge that because I've been so hyper-focused on the fact that they didn't meet some unrealistic, super high expectation that I thought they should have met. Um, I married, uh, I've been married twice, divorced twice, and both of my husbands I had super high expectations for. And that was the other thing. I had expectations for them to be and to do and to operate in a way that they never had before. So I just stayed in a continual state of disappointment and hurt and frustration. So even though I think that, you know, I think I wanted them to do good things, um, they weren't necessarily doing those things, but they were doing other things that were good. And like I said, I was so distracted with the fact that they weren't doing the things that I wanted them to do, or they weren't meeting those expectations that I didn't even, I wasn't able to see the things that they were doing. Does that make sense? So I always say like, if you keep your expectations super, super low, 
then when the person exceeds those expectations, which doesn't take a lot, you know, if they're really, really low, it takes very little to exceed that. So when they do, it's a, it's a pleasant surprise. It's a bonus, you know, it's nice. Um, but if you keep your expectations really, really high, it's going to be rare that they're going to be able to exceed those super high expectations. And like I said, you'll find yourself in just a continual state of frustration and disappointment. Um, now I will say as just like a sidebar, I do have super high expectations for my kids because I feel like they're children and, and, and I, it's my responsibility to hold them accountable to, uh, expectation of what I want, how I want them to operate and how I believe they should operate and hopefully setting them up for success to be functioning adults. And number two is I do hold myself to super high expectations. Um, to an extent, I, I hold myself to those expectations, but I also really try not to be disappointed in myself all the time if I don't meet those um, expectations. How many times can I say expectations while answering this question? Go back and count. A lot, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know what I say? Hope for the best. Plan for the worst. <laughs> yeah. Don't... Uh, yeah, don't hang your hat on people because people will fail you. People, nobody's perfect. Nobody can, you know, the only person who can meet uh, the expectations of being perfect and being exactly what you need is God. And so having those types of um, standards for an individual is just a, just a setup, setup for disappointment. All right, you got my point. Let's move on to the next question. It says, what is your favorite party game or board game? Listen, I don't really like games, okay? <laughs> I'm not really a game person. I, I have uh, self-diagnosed adult ADD. Uh, this is why I can't watch movies. I want to get up and, like, fold laundry in the middle of a game. Like, I get very bored. Um, it doesn't... It takes... It takes a lot of energy that I don't really particularly care to give when it comes to games. However, I like, uh, I like poker, but only if I'm playing with people, like I don't like playing poker with my kids because they don't really know what they're doing. I like playing poker with people who know what they're doing. I also, so that's not really a board game. So as far as a board game goes, one time I went to this assisted living facility and I was trying to track down this patient, and I found her in an activity room, and she was playing this game called Rummy Cube. And it's essentially rummy, but with, like, little domino-sized tiles that have the numbers on them, and you use those instead of cards. And so I sat there, and I watched her play, and I was like, oh, man, this game is really fun. I could really get into this. And so literally sitting there with her... I was like, I'm ordering this game right now. And she said, I don't even know what that means. I said, look, I'm on Amazon. She didn't know what that was either. I'd explain it to her. <laughs> I said, I'm on Amazon. I got free shipping. This game is going to be to my house in two days. She was fascinated. But yeah, I got it. And my kids love it. And it, I love it. And it's really good for like, uh, you know, number sequ sequencing for younger kids and just... It has a lot, there's a lot of good learning, um, things to it. And it's also, I think at least really fun. I like it. Um, so yeah, I'd say if I had to pick a favorite, I've played a lot of games. We have a lot of board games. If I had to pick a favorite, I think I would say a uh, rummy cube is probably my favorite. You should check it out. <laughs> I'm just looking, I'm looking at this next question. I'm laughing so hard. It says, Oh no, I just pushed the button, but I know what it said. It said, what would motivate you to run a marathon? Oh my gosh. <laughs> a large sum of money. That's the only thing. And here's the thing. I wouldn't be running any of it. I mean, how long, if it takes four hours for someone to run a marathon, how long does it take someone to, to walk slash crawl? 26.8 miles because that's what it would be 
But if I knew there was a million dollars at the end of it, that would motivate me. It might take me two days, but I would do it. I would do it till I had blisters on my feet. I would do it if it meant at the end of that. Okay, I should say two things. If it if there was a million dollars or some large sum of money, it would have to be a lot. I mean, it would have to be at least a million, maybe more. Uh, at the end of it, I, that would motivate me. Or if it meant like, if you do this marathon, your kids' lives are going to be, you know, something dramatic like that. They'll be spared or they'll be healed or, you know, something supernatural, weird like that. I, I would be motivated to do it for my kids. But yeah, that's about it. Like, I'm, I, I don't run. Listen, I want to be a runner. I've wanted to be a runner for years. I've tried. I've done the couch to 5K. I've done the, uh, a years ago, my friend Katie and I, she was going to go, she was going to, she did go to a Navy officer um, boot camp, school, whatever you call it. And she was training, you know, to pass the physical fitness portion of the uh, entrance. And so I trained with her, kind of. She was definitely more involved in it. But I would go to the Y with her and, um, you know, work out. And so one of the things was that she had to be able to run a mile and a half in a certain period of time. And so I did that. I would run a mile and a half and try to accomplish that. And I would do it. But here's the thing. I full out look like I'm about to have a major stroke every time that I run. My face, I'm not even talking a per red. I'm talking like raw meat, like purple. My face looks purple. My face throbs. Like all of the blood in my entire body rushes to my head <laughs> when I run. I have literally been on the treadmill and like a worker from the YMCA has caught my eye across the room and like mouthed to me if I'm okay. Like, are you okay? You know, kind of thing. That's how bad it is. Cause I look crazy, crazy. I look crazy when I try to run. Um, I'd love to be able to do it. I think that it's fun. I like it when I, when I have an idea of doing it, I'm like, that sounds nice. Like being outside, running on a trail, you know, running on the road, checking things out. There's this lady in my neighborhood who runs and runs and runs nonstop. And like, I like the idea of it, but I just can't. I really, I just can't. I, sorry. Of course I had another phone call in the middle of recording as usual. <laughs> what is that? I've gotten like six phone calls since I started recording. Um, yeah. I mean, if anybody has any tips, if anybody has any ideas, for how I might, um, get past this, like, physical reaction to exerting myself. I mean, I've done CrossFit, people. Like, my body can handle some hard work, but even when I was, like, deadlifting over 200 pounds, which is not a lot, except for a girl, it kind of is, it's a decent amount, or I was, like, uh, you know, what do they call it? I was doing squats of like pushing 200 pounds. I was doing like lifting heavy, 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 doing hard workouts. When it would come to the running portion of a workout, if there was a running portion, I would fall apart. Like I could not do it. So it's not that my knees hurt. It's not that like my legs hurt. It's just that my body shuts down. Like it's like a physical, I can get on a rowing machine and row till the cows come home. I can row a thousand meters without thinking twice about it and not even hardly getting winded. I can get on a speed bike and bike and bike and bike and bike for miles. Not think twice about it, but put me on the, on my two feet and try to have me run. Can't do it. I can't do it. I want to do it. I can't do it. I don't know. What, I don't know what to tell you. I can't do it. So yeah, to run a marathon, that it would be. It would. It would. That would take a lot. It would take a lot to motivate me for sure. Okay. Next question. What is your morning routine? I'm so glad that this one came up because this has been something on my mind. And as far as like this is kind of rolls in perfect. I promise I did not know what these questions were going to be, but this has really played out well. Um, as far as expectations for yourself, I have, it seems like recently I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts, reading different books, listening to different books, things like that. And there's been like this overwhelming theme of having an early, early morning routine, getting up early, getting up early, getting up early, doing things as early as possible, you know, starting your day. That's how you're successful. That's what all successful people do is start their day, you know, five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, very early, blah, 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 blah. 
So I felt like if I'm going to continue to try to be successful, continue to try to, you know, be the best person that I can be, that I need to start my day as early as possible to do my workout, to do my Bible study, to do my prayer time, whatever it would be. And I was getting really disappointed in myself because I could not, I couldn't do it. I was so tired. I, I didn't feel like I was really productive because I was really tired. And so basically I I kind of got to the point to where I said, you know what, this just doesn't work for me. It might be right. It might be a really good practice and maybe I just won't be successful until I can do it. (laughs) But, um, it just doesn't work for me right now. And here's why. So this is my morning routine. My alarm goes off every morning at 6am. I usually hit snooze at least twice because I, what I need to do is get up and tell Charlie goodbye um, before he gets on the bus. He usually leaves to get on the bus at like 6.23. So I need to get up before then so I can just make sure he's, you know, he's, he's good. He's definitely done it on his own or I've slept through my alarm or I haven't got up for whatever reason. But I like to be able to see his face and give him a hug and a kiss and tell him goodbye before he walks out the door. So essentially I could then stay up And then the other three kids really don't need to start getting up and getting ready until about 7.45. So I could stay up and have, you know, an hour and a half, an hour and 15 minutes um, from 6 a.m. to 7.45 to where I wouldn't, um, you know, I wouldn't need to... I could do things. I could, you know, do my Bible study. I could do my blah, blah, blah. But what I find is that I have this panic of what if my kids don't sleep tonight? What if they don't, you know, like what if one of them is up all night puking and like I'm not sleeping during this time where they're sleeping? I still have this mentality of like sleep when the baby sleeps kind of thing. If you're a, if you're a parent, you know that like that's probably preached to you forever when your babies were little. And I still have that mentality because it's, it's just a reality. I mean, there are nights that my kids don't sleep. There's nights and it's not as, it's not definitely not as regular now because they're older and they're really good sleepers. And so it's nice, but I have that feeling of like, I could be sleeping. I could be getting another hour and a half of sleep. And instead I'm up and what if, you know, I'm nervous. I just feel like I always have to kind of keep this reserve bank of sleep piled up just in case I need to fall back on it, uh, in the event that one of the kids doesn't end up sleeping. So, and the other thing of it is like, so if I stay up, you know, that's all good and well to have that extra hour and a hour and a half. But for me, it's definitely more productive to stay up late at night. My kids at the last, um, Charlie is usually in bed last by 9 p.m. And so I, I normally don't go to bed until about midnight. So then that gives me three hours of time that I can get a lot of things done. I have to do my charting from the day from work, my documentation and stuff. And then I usually do a bunch of housework, um, you know, before I go to bed. So three hours in the evening versus an hour and a half in the morning just feels more productive to me to, at this point in my life, at least utilize that three hours in the evening versus going to bed early and then only having an hour and a half extra in the morning. I mean, I guess I could get up at 5am. I just, it's just not, it's just not part, it's just not for me. It's not for me right now. I'm not saying that it's a bad practice or that it's not something that I might try to implement down the road, but so morning routine, 6am, Charlie gets on the bus. I always watch him get on the bus. You know, I do, I spend a lot of time like during that 15 minutes or so, not a lot, but I mean, I spend that period of time praying for him. Um, and then I go back to bed. I go back to bed 6.30 um, to about 7.30, 7.45. Usually, one, like this morning, all three kids woke up before my alarm even went off at 7.30. So it's a crapshoot on even if I'm going to get that full hour and a half or that full hour um, to sleep. Some days I do, some days I don't. So get up and then it's just a mayhem. Like just... <laughs> 
basically throwing clothes on as quickly as possible and getting all three of them in clothes on. I almost always, I either, I make one of two things. I make coffee in like a travel mug with, I have a protein, um, I usually put like a scoop of protein powder in it or half a scoop. And then I bought this monk fruit. I've been using this. This isn't really routine, but I've been using it because I need to use it. It was expensive. It does not sweeten my coffee at all. So I'm really disappointed in it. But I usually use like a little bit of sweetener and then a little bit of cream or protein powder or something. And Or I make a green smoothie, depending on how much time I have. Um, and then it's just like normal, like get the kids dressed, diapers changed, Clara has to get all her stuff together, fix hair, put in bows, make some breakfast, get out the door. It's just a mad rush. I'm not a real frilly person. Like, honestly, I don't do makeup in the, I I can't remember the last time that I did makeup in my house. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) I keep my makeup bag in my car and if I'm doing makeup, it's almost always like I make sure that I get to wherever I'm going with enough time to be able to do my makeup in my car. Um, Hey, you know, natural lighting is the best for makeup, right? I just don't want to, I just don't have the time when I'm at home and I don't really want to get up any earlier than I need to, to, to a lot the time. And then for my hair, if I take a shower in the morning, I, oh, I cannot remember. I actually, I can because it was just the other day was the last weekend or something, but I rarely, if ever, will blow dry my hair. Um, honestly, I, I sometimes don't even brush it. I'm just being real here, folks. <laughs> this is mom life. This is mom times for life, if you know what I mean. Um, I will put it in a bun, or if I do brush it, I might put it in a braid, or uh, if I don't wash it that day, it's just a heavy, heavy dry shampoo. I just go in heavy with the dry shampoo. <laughs> and just hope for the best. Um, I love dry shampoo so much. I'm so glad that it works for my hair. I'm so glad that I don't have to wash my hair every day anymore. It's really, really a blessing. It's really a blessing. I love the person who came up with it so much. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. It's no frills. Like I said, no makeup. I'm not doing any curling. There's no straightening irons. There's nothing fancy. It's like clothes, brush my teeth. The things that I do, at least try to do every day are like clothes. That's important. Brush my teeth and deodorant. Outside of that, not really anything else going on for me. And then like I usually make coffee or a smoothie. That's it. My kids, it's like clothes, diapers, you know, all the other stuff. So, that's that. What's next? What is your favorite smell? Mm, okay, I can't have one favorite smell. My favorite smell is like baby. Not like Johnson's, but just baby. Like baby, baby, milky breath, baby smell. I love that. Number two, I love the smell of tomato plants. If I actually, I'm going to go ahead and commit to that. If I had to, if I was like gun to my head, had to pick a favorite, I would say the smell of tomato plants in the summer is, is my favorite smell. I absolutely love it. My kids hate it. They will not hardly want to, we had some tomato plants. They hardly wanted to pick tomatoes because they hated the smell. I absolutely love it. Um, and then like, you know, my grandma's house, chocolate chip cookies, that whole deal obviously is in the top five, but yeah, tomato plants. I'm going to go ahead and stick with that. Tomato plants are my top, are, are, uh, I would say my favorite. Um, next, would you rather be blind or deaf? Oh, I feel like this is a cop out, but I feel like there's more, um, scientific like there's more options if you're deaf to maybe be able to hear again am I right like if you're blind there's not really a lot of options I mean this is this ridiculous but I I, that's kind of how I feel but I guess if I had to be one or the other and there were no scientific options to like reverse it or cochlear implants or anything like that um I think I would choose deaf but I don't know that's pretty terrible. I wouldn't want any either one of them. I feel bad for people who have either one. Even though I know there's tons of options in, in sign language and things like that. But I think I might choose deaf over blind. Next. What is your favorite dessert? Brownies. Easy. What it, What's your family like? 
listen, there's, that's too much to get into. We'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> Next. What is your favorite holiday? Um, Christmas. 100%. Here's why. Well, first of all, baby Jesus, obviously. Kind of a big deal. Uh, second of all, my house is mediocre at best. It's a mess, almost always. And it's just a lot of clutter. I got four kids. You know, just a lot of stuff piled up everywhere. Just boxes and totes of clothes and scooters and bikes and just toys everywhere. But at Christmas, there's a twinkly glow of Christmas lights over everything. And there's a beautiful tree in the corner that distracts you from all the other chaos in the room. And I go all out at Christmas when it comes to decorating. I put lights on my porch. I put lights all through my house. I put lights on my bushes outside. And so it just is really super pretty. Um, It's pretty on the outside. It's pretty on the inside. My kids get into it. That's number one. Number two is I feel like at Christmas, if you have kids, there are a lot of free activities that are really fun for kids to participate in. We have in our area, and I'm sure in other areas, a lot of like these drive-through Christmas light displays where you can even like get out of your car and see Santa and they give out free hot chocolate. Just fun little cute stuff like that that kids like. There's a lot of like just Yeah, just stuff like that that you can participate in. And so we spend a lot of time, like, tracking down. And we have a lot of traditions of places that we go every year um, that are just free and really fun and that we like to do. We have a nativity, um, a church here that puts on a really nice live nativity, and we go to that. So, yeah, that's the other reason. It's just there's a lot lot of fun things to do. Next. What accomplishment are you most proud of? Mm. I, I, I don't know. I think becoming a foster parent would probably be, um, the, the one that I'm, I'm proud of. I don't know if I'm most proud of it, but just because I, I did it at a point in my life where I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. I didn't know for sure about what was going to happen with my marriage. I didn't know for sure about if I was even going to end up divorced or not. Um, and so, I mean, I was going to, couples counseling with my husband when I got my daughter, when I got placed, my daughter placed with me and, you know, didn't know. I didn't know if he was going to be a part of her life. I didn't know if he was going to be on board with being a foster parent with me someday, if we were going to stay together. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I did know, this is what led up to it. And I think I've, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I did know with 100% certainty at that time in my life that I was called and had to do something more with my life than be consumed with a marriage that was a mess. I absolutely um, was just, it was consuming my life and I knew that there was more that I needed to do. And, and so foster care, you know, I felt like I was led to that. I had a passion for orphans, orphan children for years. And so, yeah, I think taking that step and committing to that and then um, being where I'm at today with both babies I'm really I'm not proud like I heard John Piper who if you know is an author and pastor and just an amazing one of my like all-time favorite um, pastors I heard him talk about once how like he doesn't tell his kids that he's proud of them because that implies that he takes credit for the way that they are and I really I really really subscribe to that like I feel pride when I see my children but I also know that they are the way that they are because of God leading me and using me in their lives and growing them. So that's kind of the same way I feel about myself. Like, I'm not proud of myself. I don't feel pride. Like, I did something great. I just feel, I think, really grateful that God was, like, God is using me and that um, I can be a part of these kids, these babies' lives and, and forever and that I get to be their mom and, um, and that, you know, these doors have opened up up for me to add these two amazing kids to my family and and to be their mom so I I don't know if that makes any sense but 
I'm thankful, I guess is the better word. Not proud. I'm just, I'm really thankful. So, all right, a couple more here. I'm getting ready to pick up kids. I got to wrap it up. Listen, quit pressuring me to do more questions, okay? What is your favorite thing about summer? Everything. I love summer. I love hot weather. I love being outside. I love not having to bundle kids up. I love not having to deal with blankets. I love I love everything about summer, and I do not like most of the things about winter. So, there you go. <laughs> what is your favorite candy? Um... I'm gonna say probably if I had to go if I had to if I had to commit to one I would probably say a Reese cup you know just classic classic Reese cup you know peanut butter and chocolate come on delicious what's the best thing about your gender I don't know we make babies and then we grow that baby and then we birth that baby and then we feed that baby with our bodies come on women are rock stars I didn't come up with that I heard that uh and a comedy show with Jim Gaffigan. I don't want to take credit. I mean, that's not exactly what he said, but that was the gist of it. But yeah, I think that's the best thing. Uh, we make people. That's amazing. Oh, well, I mean, we have help, but you know what I mean? We grow that we grow them. What do you do in your spare time? I don't have any spare time. What are you talking about? Next. What was your least favorite subject in school? Uh... Well, when I got to college, math was definitely my least favorite because I was confronted with the, um, with the, with the earth shattering reality that I'm no good at math. I went all through high school. I took the hardest math classes in high school and did fairly well. Aced them, got A's, no problem. And then I realized that high school math is nowhere comparable to college math. And so once I got to college, I failed out of my first math classes and realized that those subject that subject is not for me what is the best piece of advice that you've received um I would say I don't know my mom always says you can't expect rational behavior from irrational people and I think that that is a really really um has been a really helpful piece of advice for me because I feel like when you like I this kind of goes back to the expectations talk but when you expect for people to be something that they're not then it can really be very very disappointing and heart-wrenching so uh, I'm gonna wrap it up but we've got some bonus material here for y'all unplanned but I think you'll it'll be enjoyable I just picked up Clara from my parents house she's on the mend she's got an antibiotic she got Tylenol she's good to go uh Here's a trick, parents. They do a, they call it a rapid strep test, and it comes back negative. And then they want to charge you for a three-day strep test. Why? Here's the thing. You're going to give her an antibiotic. What does it matter? What I don't care what the test says. <laughs> Whatever she's got, the antibiotic's going to deal with. So why do I need to pay for another test? Don't fall into their trap. Um, okay, so Clara's here, and she said she would like to participate in some questions. So I'm going to do this random uh, topic generator, and we're going to see what the next question is, and then she's going to answer it. Here we go. Clara, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Um, that's not a good question for a kid. Uh, she'll tell you her address. We don't want that on the, on the, on the airwaves. <laughs> that's also not a great question for a kid. Okay. How about this one? Clara, have you changed any since you were younger? I don't know. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. Next. (laughs) Clara, who is the most famous person you have ever met? Beyonce. (laughs) Well, there you go. You heard it from her. Uh, By the way, she's never met Beyonce. I don't know what she's talking about. Next, what is your favorite food? Pizza. Duh. Just like every other kid in the world. Uh, next. Nope. Next. Clara, if you were to teach a class, what class would you teach? Miss Doki's class. Her own teacher. Her own class. I love that. With her friends. Perfect. Oh, no. Clara, next question. If you could acquire any skill, what skill would you like to have? Karate kicking. Karate kicking. That's a pretty amazing skill. I don't blame you. Clara. Okay, here we go. 
trying to finagle this recording device here. If you were stuck on a desert island, what would you want to have with you? Pizza. <laughs> Listen, she's a no frills kind of gal, people, okay? <laughs> uh, Clara, this, I already had this one. This isn't very random. I already had this question. Conversationstarters.com. What is your favorite smell? She does not have one. That's what I do. Pizza. Pizza is her favorite smell also. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Clara, what is your biggest fear? Uh, sharks. Sharks? Except I love sharks, but I hate sharks. Say that again. I love sharks, but I hate sharks. I love them a little, but I hate them a little. That's fair. They're pretty neat, but they are scary. Um... Let's see, let's see, let's see. Clara, what's the worst thing about being a girl? I don't know. Perfect. That's because there isn't anything bad about being a girl. Duh. That's where you have to have what? Clara, what's the thing that you regret the most this week? I don't even know what that means. Awesome. Good. No regrets. That's what it means. Clara. What's the worst thing you can say on a first date? I don't know. Good. You don't need to know because you're never going to have any dates. Get out of here. Uh, Clara, would you rather be the most popular kid in school or the smartest kid in school? Uh, the smartest kid in school. Yeah, no kidding because the popular kids end up working and... I don't know what, never mind. I don't want to be mean. Arby's. Arby's. We're at Arby's. She'll be mean. Clara, who's your favorite actor or actress? Beyonce. She's not either one of those things, but I'll take it. I guess she was in a movie at some point. Uh, what was your first job? I didn't even have a job. Not yet. What do you want your first job to be? Yeah, girl. Yeah, girl. Get after it. Okay, last question. Uh-oh. 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 I think the site is stuck because I've gone into this vortex of having no signal. So I'll be back. All right, last question because I don't know if this site's going to work and I'm going to wrap this up here. Clara, what's the best thing about being you? You get to eat pizza. This kid loves pizza, people. She's committed. She's committed to pizza. <laughs> I'll say also the best thing about Clara. There's a lot of great things, but she genuinely experiences empathy in a way that most adults never will know. She feels for people. She feels like just wants to help and empathizes with people in a way that is sometimes I don't even have that to level of empathy. And she is also very, very artistic and can come up with things like projects. She's always got a project or an art something going at any point in time. And she is always looking to gift her projects to other people and is always really looking out for her friends and her family and is always has, has books and papers and projects that she's making for other people. She's an awesome kid. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza's awesome too. Oh my gosh, she's caught up on pizza right now. Anyway, I'm gonna get off here. Uh, that's about it for today. Wrapping it up, picking up some babies and uh, so I'll talk to y'all the next time. Have a good day. Bye-bye.